welcome to the Sports Carnage Podcast, presented by Detroit Sports Nation, featuring Paul Roshan, A.J. Riley, Ryan Griffin, and Matthew Bassett, bringing you the most arrogant takes on the planet straight to your ears. We don't promise to always be right, but we promise to act like we are. What up, webheads? Along with Paul Roshan, Ryan Griffin, I'm Matt Bass, and welcome to Sports Carnage, a shortened cast for y'all this week. Well, casters this week. Who knows how long? You're bold. I I, I understand the reasoning, <laughs> but it's bold to say that at this early juncture. No, I said shortened casters. There's only three of us. That's what I meant. Oh, oh, I meant oh! I understand. Not, See, I no, thought you meant. We late. know you can go by yourself for four hours. We understand this. I'm not talking about that. Talking about how many of us are actually involved this week. Uh, we got a few guys that are hungover still from the Super Bowl, and we're going to get to that Super Bowl. But first, I want to thank all of the well wishers, all the res- all the wishes that I got from the people in Tampa Bay. You are welcome for not jinxing your team and picking Kansas City to cover because. They went exactly the way I hoped it would against what my pick has been, which is the way it's been all season with Kansas City and myself. So you guys are welcome, Tampa Bay. I appreciate all the well wishes. And my ring size is a 12, by the way, if you guys want to send me one. I appreciate that. So, (laughs) Paul, Ryan, uh, you know, we looked at at this game up and down before the game. And, you know, we looked at uh, all the different people with their predictions, all the professionals, all this stuff. And obviously most people were on the Kansas City train. And if anyone was picking a beatdown, they were definitely on the Kansas City train. And lo and behold, when the bell tolls and the fat lady sings, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers give Tom Brady his greatest victory margin-wise. In, super, in his in his 10 Super Bowl appearances, appearances, seventh Super Bowl victory, the craziness of this, to take down what is everyone has been considering, you know, an all-time team that this Kansas City Chiefs is about to become, on the verge of becoming, going to be the first back-to-back champion since Tom Brady's Patriots of 03 and 04. And Tom Brady, once again, getting in the way of history and making a little more history for himself. <laughs> I will say I, I want to give credit to us because while the majority of the public and talking heads were all over Kansas City, uh, we were super split. Like us as a so me and AJ straight up picked Tampa Bay. You picked Kansas City, but obviously, as you said contextually, you weren't really picking Kansas City, Correct. right? Correct. Dylan talked forever about why Tampa was going to win. And he was before right. Before he picked Kansas City. <laughs> before he picked Kansas City. So we were really split. I mean, we, and then, like I said, me and AJ picked Tampa Bay. So we were kind of not, I would certainly wouldn't say as surprised by this game. And the biggest thing, we talked about all the unknowns and the things that we couldn't didn't know how they would pan out. And the biggest thing was Kansas City's O-line. We talked about the O-line big on both sides, right? Could Tampa's O-line run block enough for them to punish Kansas City's defense and open up everything else? We got that answer as a definitive yes. And then how bad would Kansas City's O-line be being patchwork? And we saw it was exceptionally bad. Really bad. And 
I don't want to, I know that the moment I say that, people are going to be, oh my goodness, it's all about Kansas City, you're not giving credit to Tampa. Absolutely credit where credit's due, but let's look at reality. Kansas City, 100% healthy, their O-line, they don't score nine points in this game. Correct. Like, it's just a different game. And I'm not saying they win even or blow anybody out. I don't know. I think it would have just been a much better game. But I'm not going to sit here and ignore something that clearly hurt Kansas City a lot and completely, completely clamped up their offense just for the sake of giving extra credit for the Super Bowl winners. They have a ring. They don't need my credit, right? Like, they have a trophy. They don't need me to sit here and suck them off. They played a fabulous game. Obviously, one heavily impacted by injuries. Tampa got healthy at the right time. And it, for a minute there, we weren't sure if they would. Uh, they had a couple really important pieces go out against Green Bay. And it looked like that could spell danger. But they got back in time. Unfortunately, when you have, I believe, an Achilles tear? Is that what, uh... That was an Achilles tear, right? Who are we talking about? For Fisher? Yeah. Uh, I think it was. Was it Achilles or... Uh... It was something that certainly doesn't heal in a couple weeks, regardless. Right. Um, t- t- or Kansas City wasn't getting healthy overnight. And it's something that I think we do a good job of, but certainly people get lost in it. We understand the importance of line play. And everyone gets wowed by the quarterback. You got Patrick Mahomes. You're great skill position players, you got Clyde and you got Tyreek and you have probably the best tight end in football. Do we agree? Kelsey's he's certainly up there, right? I mean Gronk was out there catching multiple touchdowns. He looked so he looked more. better on that day. And and at their peak, Gronk's certainly the greatest, but I even at this point stats be damned in one a one game sample size, Kelsey's probably got his got a edge on old. For man, just Gronk. pass catching, sure. For full for I, full compliment of what he brings to the table, I'm still Kelsey going Kelsey is Kelsey is nowhere near what Gronk blocker. is for the run blocker. He's not. He, no one is. There's offensive linemen that aren't. Okay, exactly. and that's I mean fun. that. Like that's abs. And that's part of Gronk is. Gronk is. He's a freaking unicorn. Like when you say when you say he's the best in the history of the position, you're still underselling like how good he was at his peak. Like it's not. You he legitimately blocks like an old always catches been interrupted like the by best injuries. receivers by injuries. He's had a lot, crazy. and so how amazing is it at old age after taking time off that he was able to come back and be healthy? And then the in this game, Kelsey. he had. I want to say, <laughs> listen, it's true. he is he is his body is not. Is that fair? That is fair. His body. I mean, you know, is he not. took a like, year and a half off to rest it. You know, did a little pro wrestling. Did a little. Uh, you know, mass singer and, uh, you know, the best, the best is him him coming through when it mattered the most. I think he had six catches in the playoffs leading up to this. He, He had a little more in the regular season, but he said it a bunch. Like I came here to block. And he wasn't, like, entirely joking when he said it. Right. First half um, of the season, that's all he did. He really didn't catch much at all. Then all of a sudden, he started, and then he started coming out a little bit. Playing. And then in the playoffs, he went back to just blocking until the Super Bowl. And almost it's almost like they were, like, just waiting for it. Like, waiting till they really needed the Gronk show. And he put on a show. He was fabulous. He was a touchdown away from being MVP. He's um, on his way. God, so close. So close. He scores one more. He was the MVP for sure. 
Antonio Brown robbed him. It's Antonio Brown's fault for running the wrong route, according to Don. No, it's I true. Still, did you? I, I looked that up. It is true. He was he ran the opposite. He was supposed to go in then out, and he went out then and he in. He went out then in. And Brady, and Tom Brady was like, was like well, "Fuck open. it, he's open. <laughs> you're open. Here so you here you go. Here's a ball to your nutsack. <laughs> Hope you catch it." What's in? And that is, I, I know that people are probably sick of hearing Brady given live fellatio, but that really just example 5 billion of how great he is. That would derail so many quarterbacks. Why? I don't understand like you, that. The, Why? The moment he's open, the, who cares how he got there? He's open. Why wouldn't as a quarterback, so you just throw the ball It's not just about, so for Brady, yes, but it's not just about being open. So when you're a quarterback and you're ingrained in the playbook and you have your read set up, when things go awry and start to break down, everything gets messed up. You, and it's not just so. Now I don't know, and I, I like I said, I was not in my right state of mind when I seen it live, and I haven't seen that play since. But all of your routes and your play calls they build on each other. So Antonio running that route might be to clear out a corner to open up another route, or vice versa, right? As soon as he runs the literal opposite way, maybe he ends up in the same spot that another receiver is going. Maybe he doesn't clear out a DB, and now there's multiple DBs covering one guy and nobody in an open area. So many things are predicated on guys just doing their job. And when they don't, it's especially difficult as a quarterback that your progressions are off. Guys are not where you expect them to be. And because of that, defenders are now not where you expect them to be. I get it. It seems simple. He's wide open. He threw him the ball. Like, it's not It's not complicated. Why are we making this rocket science? But as a quarterback, it's a very heady game. A lot goes on in your brain before you do anything physically. Oh, I, and I, I get that. It, it was, the, to when, me, it was when more it's of the fact that they were you, so close to the end zone already. It wasn't like there was that much room for shit to go wrong. It was, okay, he's wide open. He is literally six yards away. I can rifle this before a defender gets in the way of the ball. And he did. It sounds easy. It sounds wonderful. Or if he's going to throw it to him it. anyway, and he runs the wrong way, and he's like, oh, this is a dumb piece of shit. And then he just sees him fake inside, and he's like, all right, well. Here you go. And you assume that probably was his primary read on the play. And again, I say that I haven't gone back and seen it. But you would think the fact that it worked out like that, that probably was one of his primary reads on the play. So not as big of a deal. Um, Just a great play design, I guess. Right. Can we give Bruce Arians some credit that even if you run the wrong route, you're still open? Uh, Sure. Him or uh, Todd Bowles. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) I, I yes, we, we have notes. to give. I know, I know. Adam. Oh man. How does? Oh god. I, I want to get to that at some point though. How oh, do you man. get a Super Bowl credential if you don't even know who the coordinators are that you're talking to? Oh, he knew who they were. <laughs> he didn't know what they look like. Like they are two different looking dudes. Uh, they I'm are two completely comment. different looking dudes. I don't care. They both black. They are two completely different looking dudes. And it's, apparently it's they called Byron Brian when they introduced him. Whoever it was that was in charge, they called him Brian Leftwich. Like, come on. Like, this cat played pro quarterback for I like mean, six years I mean, Byron's got to be like 15 years younger than Bulls at least. 
Well, yeah, he went up against more. Brady like in the playoffs a couple years ago. <laughs> As ben a player. <laughs> Are you saying that like on the field or just he was on the team? Uh, he was on the team. Yeah, I think he was Could... backing up. It was in Jacksonville. Big Ben, right? Oh, oh, was he in Jacksonville too? Yeah. He backed up Big Ben for a while. I know that. But that might have been a while ago. Keep up on the backup quarterback careers that much. Anyway, back to the game at hand. Everything we talked about came to fruition. Everything Dylan, all of Dylan's fears came to fruition. Everything that we discussed about offensive line and the defense and the fact that Kansas City's defense was not that good and it showed. Tampa Bay's defense was pretty damn good, and it showed. Both their offensive lines had issues. Kansas City's was all health issues, and that health issue absolutely played out with the mix of their missing key people on their tackles, and Tampa Bay's defense really coming together at the right time. Their defensive line was absolutely dominant. Their linebackers played pretty damn well. Their secondary played pretty damn well, and Freaking Pat Patrick Mahomes was running for his life. What was that stat we found out afterwards? 497 yards of scrambling for Patrick Mahomes in this game. 29 times pressured in this game by that pass rush. That's ridiculous. And he still almost came up with some ridiculous completions that his receivers just dropped. Kelsey had a big drop. Tyreek Hill had a big drop. Sammy Watkins had a big drop. There were, he still almost came up with ridiculous plays to keep his team in this as best as he could on a tu- on turf toe, which is no fun to deal with, and he's getting surgery now on it any t- any day now, and still almost did did everything he could to try and keep his team in it. His team let him down. His O line was not healthy. Tampa Bay was ready. They were much healthier, and they didn't make the mistakes. Tom Brady did not make the mistakes he made in the second half against Green Bay. There were no interceptions on Tom Brady's side. He got three touchdowns in the first half again, just like against Green Bay. Didn't need to do as much in the second half. It was weird watching this game because even though it was 29, 21 to 3, right? Yeah, 21 to 3 at halftime. Six. It was 21 six. Okay, 21 6 at halftime. Because it's Kansas City and because they can literally score in a minute. Literally, in a minute, we've seen them do it. Go end-to-end with a touchdown. I kept waiting for that. And the game wasn't boring to me until basically the fourth quarter. The fourth quarter came around. I was like, all right, this is pretty much over. Well, yeah, 31-9. Well, 31-9, that's when it was boring. Yeah. Um, And it wasn't even – I I was so happy (laughs) – at what I was watching, it was so enjoyable to watch. I, I didn't even care, but like you, so two, 30, 15 points, like yeah, twenty one nine or twenty one six sounds bad, but you're down two scores. In Kansas City, being down two scores has never been an oh my god, this game's over ever hmm. since Mahomes has been there or since he's been starting. They've never lost a game. You heard, I'm sure you've heard a thousand times. They never lost a game by double digits with them starting. They've never not scored a touchdown. Like it just doesn't happen. Patrick so, Mahomes hasn't yeah. been beaten by double digits since his like first year in college. Did, did I think they were going to come back and win? No, I didn't. But I certainly wasn't counting them out. I, I there was no way in my mind that I'm going. This game is over until obviously later on in the game and they kept failing and failing. And you got one thing I'll say: Kansas City's defense. Outside of the penalties, it's not like they played bad. So we already knew Kansas City can't stop the run. If you can run block, you can run all over Kansas City. And they gave up over five yards a carry 
to uh, Tampa Bay's running backs. Not good. Very poor, right? And not a recipe for success. But their pass defense actually held up pretty well, and they had Tampa Bay stopped numerous times, and they just kept shooting themselves in the foot. I mean, on one drive, you have a bad hold that extends the drive. Then on that same drive, they, 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 have, they have to settle for a field goal, right? And then you're, I think it was that one, you're lined up offsides. And you give them a touchdown. Twice you extended the same drive. Like, you can't do that. You're killing. Tom Brady, yeah, he got MVP and he had three touchdowns, no picks, and he managed the game super well. But it's not like he threw all over the field. He had less than seven yards in attempt. He only no, he threw did, for 200 yards. He he did what I said, what I thought he was going to do. When I, I even called it out and Dylan got mad at me. But what Peyton Manning did against the Bears in his Super Bowl win with the Colts eat them up with short passing game. Use that as an extension for your run game. If you're not sure you're going to get them with the run, short passes work really well. And Tom Brady did that to death on the, on the chiefs. And he did it beautifully. I mean, I mean, think about it like this Tampa Bay scored 31 points on 340 yards. Do you know how absurdly efficient that is? And none of them were defensive scores. It's not like they had a uh, pick six or a turnover deep in KC territory. Like, these are 340 yards, and you turn them into 31 points. They didn't run up and down the field on Kansas City. Kansas City just kept helping them score. I mean, Kansas City had more yards, and they only scored nine points. Look, 350 yards, nine points on 350 yards. That disparity tells you very, very much how efficient at scoring Tampa was, but not necessarily as an offense. Kansas City's defense did not play super poorly. And they're not, in Except Kansas City, I, counted, the one thing I when hate— When they had penalty after penalty after penalty, and they killed Well, that's them. what I'm—that's that's yeah, the— Yeah, when you, when you need to get off— yeah, That's the problem, is the penalties— points. And I hate I, I'm I'm I was over I was overhearing about it before the game even ended about the officiating. Kansas City takes a lot of penalties, period. Both on offense and defense. This was not new no, going fifth, into this going into the was, Super Bowl. No, it was it was it was trash. It just didn't end up mattering. So like I don't know why you'd complain about it. But now. they were deserved penalties. Nine out of ten were deserved penalties. I not the n- not the one in the end zone. And like that that one actually like led to more points cuz I'm pretty sure Tampa scored a touchdown after it. But the rest of the game it just didn't matter. You scored 9 points. But like when Brady threw it out the back of the end zone near the goalpost and they were like, "Hey, that's like, what led right. to There AD was one and that led to points. So if you're a Kansas City fan, I can see why you, you know why you'd be mad. But then the rest of the game plays out and while the call even led to points, it still didn't matter in the grand scheme. I mean, bro, you scored 9 points. At that point, like it, it doesn't matter. You scored nine points. It's like that's and that was my big beef with the game. Like Matt said, it wasn't boring until the fourth quarter. Like I thought it was boring before <laughs> before that. Like it was to me, it wasn't enjoyable to watch. And obviously, I didn't want Tampa Bay to win anyway. But like because uh, the officiating in the first half, which I thought was garbage, and then it just didn't end up mattering. And then you saw all these cool plays. You know, Mahomes scrambling out the pocket. He's, like, going down for a sack. He's turning around. He throws it. And it's it's still a good How ball. How is that not uh, in the grasp? No, p- p- 
parallel parallel to the ground and he throws it and just hits the dude in the face mask like so they're cool plays really like holy shit like how'd that happen and then they just don't amount to anything because they're incompletions or offensive holding um or you know just whatever the case was so then you know it takes all the it takes all the fun out of that and it's not like you know uh, tampa bay had a ton of uh, a ton of huge plays Either, you know, their biggest play that they probably had a chance to make um, was a pass interference that was rightfully called because the dude tripped up Mike Evans when he was about to about to run down the field. So, oh, it just seemed like there was a lack of ex- explosiveness um, the entire game, which to me, I don't like to watch. And then you had the, the officials doing what they did in the first half. And then the scoring wi- margin just keeps getting wider and wider and wider. And then you have all these... You know highlight type plays that uh, result in just the ball kind of being batted to the ground. You know the the most entertaining thing you had was uh, Antoine Winfield. I, I knew you were gonna and, uh, in Tyreek Hill's face. Oh, that was so beautiful. Now his pick was pretty sweet too. Oh, the pinball pick. Yeah, that was fun. That was exciting. Hey, they got tipped though. That was what made it exciting. And, I mean, it was the. The game was already over by then, which is why I took the penalty. It was hilarious. It was amazing. I don't. That's the stuff I wish they'd let go. Like I taunting being a penalty is it makes me sad. It really does. I I mean, unless you're literally rubbing your balls on somebody's face mask, like I mean, yeah. let let the guys have some fun out there. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, never mind. I don't even want to know how that would be possible. I don't know. I figure it's a safety thing. Of they know that if they allow taunting, these guys are gonna fight. They're gonna fight. It's just gonna happen. So to avoid all that, it's blow the whistle, penalty, try to cut down on how much taunting's allowed, and avoid these big 300-pound guys. You know, these 250-pound guys getting into fist fights, which I always think is stupid when they're wearing helmets anyway. But whatever. That's the best. You gotta be <laughs> like. <laughs> You gotta be like, uh, oh, what's his name? Ripped his helmet off. <sighs> I don't the, remember. No, well, there's Kyle Turley. <laughs> Kyle Turley no, ripped someone's some... helmet off years ago. Didn't Steve Smith rip someone's helmet off, or Andre, or maybe it was Andre Johnson? I feel like one of them ripped somebody's helmet off and went ham. Oh well, no, well, Andre Johnson went ham on uh, what's his face from the Titans? Hey, Corlin Finnegan. <laughs> So it's, it's always receivers and DBs. Well, yeah, I love they're, it. They're, that's, I mean, you know, that's, that's who's getting into it. So it makes sense to me. They're getting hot and contested. Oh, man. Right. I, I do wonder, and I, I brought this up before, and I haven't really seen anybody. And listen, I Patrick Holmes actually played well. Um, I think. I know that his stat line was not great but we talk about it all the time well, no, he how had you, me and Ryan especially especially a quarterback like <laughs> and he had Dylan and Don the numbers are <laughs> are kind of eh. it's a very contextual quarterback play I actually thought he played a pretty darn decent game he he did everything he could Agreed. to try to keep them in that game it just didn't work nothing worked nothing was and yeah at times he might have been trying to do too much but that's what happens when you can't get anything going but I do wonder, because I do think the first time Tom Brady and Mahomes met in the playoffs, in that game that went to overtime and the Chiefs never got the ball back, especially until late, I didn't think Patrick Mahomes played very good in that game. And I really do wonder, a guy like him, 
who has as much talent as anybody that's ever quarterbacked in the NFL and that was wildly successful out the gate, has won a Super Bowl, and just has all the expectation in the world placed upon him that you're the guy that's going to surpass this guy. Which the, I that's hate. Heights. It's ridiculous. He's well, going to leave for three years. But it's what it is. It's reality. It, we don't have to like it, but that's what it is. And everything Tom Brady does, that's who Mahomes is being compared to. Like, there's no... That's his peer or what people expect him to be. And not just numbers and talent. They want the wins, right? Well, right. How much does that start to wear on you? So since that's been a thing, Tom's put up another two Super Bowls, right? Like he won the Super Bowl the year, both years that he beat Mahomes. He won the Super Bowl. At what point, or has it even happened, do you think he feels the pressure in these games more than others? Do you think that it's possible there's more when he's going against Brady, even though they don't aren't on the field together, do you think that weighs on him at all? No, because he still played well. <laughs> it's just if he fucking have time. He's out there running 500 yards. I don't like. I I'm sure I'm sure there is. So no. I I wish, I wish that he would have. I wish he would be allowed, and I'm sure he's allowed. But you know what I mean. But I wish he'd be allowed to say, guys. I'm in year four. He's in year 21. Like, let's give this some time. Let's see how the next decade plays out. Like, yeah, I want to win. Of course I want to win. The whole team wants to win. And hopefully we will win. But why don't we wait a little bit on the, you know, crowning until, you know, we're a little bit closer to the goal. Because the goal is ridiculous right now. The goal is now seven Super Bowls. Seven freaking Super Bowl championships, which is unheard of. From every other well, it's, and it's not quarterback mentioned, you know, before it was Brady, it was Montana. Montana's got four. How about you go for that first? <laughs> Let's go for Montana first. See if you can get four Super Bowls before you start touching on the one who's still doing it right now and might add number eight next year. I mean, I don't, especially in today's game. So Montana played in a very different era of football. Brady and Mahomes are at least playing in. Similar eras with similar restraints. Brady's played in two different eras. Literally. Going Brady, on three. Brady's first No, three, he really... You're right. Brady's first decade, very different from his second decade in the NFL. Brady's first decade, Ab- he could get hit and hit hard. And there wasn't a flag. Receivers could get hit. There wasn't a flag. It's a completely different decade, his second decade from his first. The NFL has changed tremendously from 2010 on. Oh, it's, it's a lot different for sure. And he's thrived through all the changes and through all of his team well, yeah, makeups. His old ass isn't allowed to get hit. He, he's quite happy. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, in, in his defense, he gives himself up anyways. So I don't I don't know how much that even matters anymore. Uh, it's, it's much more, I mean, it's almost the Rodgers rule lately after. I mean, he got this broken collarbone and then all of a sudden now we have even more quarterback protection rules can't put your can't hit them high the weight can't of hit your pinky finger on them but you can't put weight on them you can't put your when you're falling to the ground on top of them you have to miss yeah you better turn sideways or you're gonna get flagged it's like it's ridiculous um because he cries like a little bitch but uh it, it's 
It's impossible. You cannot live up to that legacy. You can't. Like, you're just being set up for failure, and it's so unfair, and it's so unattainable now. Like, if it was 6-2 to two at this point, and Mahomes is going to play another 10-12 years, he could at least get close, conceivably. But now it's you're at 7-1. to one. I mean, if Mahomes... You just got to take those bitch deals that uh, Brady if, kept taking. If Mahomes him. makes... Wins three Super Bowls. He should be in the conversation to me. He's not. He'll never be Brady. But three Super Bowls to me with the talent that he has puts him in that conversation. The expectations that are placed upon him, I think, can be really detrimental. And you look at, look at like Andrew Luck. Do you remember how people talked about him? What he was going to do to the league? Yeah. I mean, he, his name was written down in the Hall of Fame when he got drafted. And he didn't win anything. And then he retired. He got sick of getting beat up and made a little bit of money. And was like, I don't really even feel like playing the sport anymore. Like, it's, it's like instant gratification is taken too far to the point that we're anointing these guys before their careers are even a third of the way done, let alone halfway done. People already want to put Patrick Mahomes in the Hall of Fame. He's a Hall of Famer. No, he's not. He's three years into the league. You need to play a long time and be great a long time to be a Hall of Famer. Is he on his way? Absolutely. But stop talking about it like it's a given. Shit happens. Careers end. People get hurt or they get tired, like Andrew Luck, from being hurt and not want to do this anymore. And shit happens. Teams get bad. They can't control their money. They get bad ownership. They get bad coaching. Things happen and teams don't pan out the way they would. It's not a given making the Super Bowl, no matter how great of a team you think you have. It's not a given to get there. Let these guys play. Let them enjoy their careers without adding all this extra pressure that does not need to be there by having them chase ghosts. It's not necessary. And to me, it takes the joy away from it. I know it sounds probably a little insane, but I actually do don't think Kansas City has that large of a window. No, they got to pay all these guys to keep them great. And you you now know you better put some money towards those trenches because those trenches are letting you down. So next year is manageable. Very manageable. Mahomes is under $25 million. I don't know the exact number, but he's under $25 million cap hit. I think pretty sure he's under 25 million cap hit next year. After that, I know he's over 30 and then from 30, it jumps to over 40 and I don't know the exact numbers, but he's got like 40 and 50 between like 40 and $50 million cap hits like every year. Okay. How are you supposed to build a team? And not to mention guys like Tyreek, they're going to get an absurd amount of money, whether with you or somewhere else. If he's with you, that also hurts you trying to build a team. If he's not with you, you lose that talent. Kelsey, not young, not cheap, right? If you're going to keep him around, he's going to get his pay. And how long is he going to be really good for? If Kansas City doesn't do something serious within these next, I'll say two years, I, I think their window's like two years, legitimately. Where are they at? How much different does their team look and how much more difficult is it 
to build around Mahomes when he's making 40 to $50 million every year against the cap. Not to mention a cap that for the first time in a million years is going in the wrong direction. That's untenable. You have to understand, like, this year is year four or five of Mahomes' rookie deal. I think he was year four, right? Is this his fourth year? I believe so, yeah. What was he making this year? Five million bucks? What was he making the last few years? They got essentially one Super Bowl. Not essentially, they got one Super Bowl out of Mahomes' rookie contract. It only gets harder from here. It doesn't get easier. So to assume and be like, this guy's going to light the world on fire and run the league for the next X amount of years, show me that you can put a team around him making $40 million. I just seen you get your ass kicked in a Super Bowl with him making $5 million. In a handful of years, he's going to make 10 times that amount against the cap. Then what do you do? I honestly think Kansas City has a two-year window with him. And then they're going to be mediocre for a hot minute. All right, so I'm taking a look here. Frank Clark's contract expires in 2024. Same with Chris Jones. Kelsey's expires in 2026. Tyreek Hill in 2023. Uh, We know Mahomes is locked up. (laughs) His contract expires in 2032, which is just ridiculous to even think about. Tyron Matthew, 2022. Do you know how much he makes in the last year of his deal? I mean, is that well, he signed a ten-year, forty-four to fifty million dollar deal, so he's getting forty-five mil per year. But it's not in the beginning. He's making a little less. I bet it's like fifty in the last year. Oh, probably. Yeah, I think they did like twenty something in the first couple years, like twenty-five mil. It was under twenty-five for this upcoming year. I know it's under twenty-five. It was. It's right around twenty-four. But I mean, Eric Fisher, big left left tackle, we were talking about that was missing from this game. His, his contract expires next year, 2022. Well, he's going to be damaged goods. Get rid of him. You know, you're well, starting, you got you're starting guard, 2022. You're starting right tackle, 2022. Too. You know, there's three guys in your offensive line. All their contracts expire the same year. I mean, I mean, they will have to draft so exceptionally well. I mean, what what do you see after two years? How many $40 million quarterbacks have won a Super Bowl? None. I mean, that's a stupid question. I don't think even a $25 million quarterback's won a Super Bowl, although I don't, I don't know how much Brady's making this year. He might be making that on the dot. Um, it's, it's hard. In all these things, what's going to happen when Kansas City's going 8-8 eight and eight in a few years? I mean, does everyone say, oh, Patrick Mahomes sucks now? He's overrated. Nah, that'll be better than 8-8. Eight eight. I mean, even the fucking Seahawks, who have the same problems the Chiefs have, going better than 8-8. Eight 11-5, and 10-6. Eight. They have the same problems now because they're further along in the progress. I know, but they were never just an 8-1 team, even the years people looked at them, and they were like, oh, that's a pretty shitty roster outside of Russ. Well, they've also had, for so, a minute, until very recently, well, it's not that bad, but... Arizona's been garbage. The Rams 
were bad, then they were really good, then they're eh again. The 49ers were great for one year. But outside of that, I mean... I mean, the, the Niners were great when Russ started his career, too. They were when Russ was on his rookie contract and the Seahawks were crazy what, stacked. Years? But that was when Russ, Russ was on his rookie contract. And then he became bad. He's not on his rookie contract anymore. They don't have an O-line around him, which, as Matt alluded to, you might see around Patrick soon. Uh, they don't have anything crazy at the skill positions. They might not have Russ anymore from the way it sounds. That's That's true. And that's and yeah and does does Mahomes even finish in case in KC? I mean, you're gonna find someone to pick up that contract. Good luck. Well, they can cut him. Um, they can straight up cut him in a handful of years. I uh, picking up the contract. Yeah, no, there. but I mean, I think I, I don't know when the out is, but I know he only had a handful of years with a bunch of dead cap. Uh, honestly, like it might be tenable. I mean, they yeah, could probably I cut him. I mean, think about it. Andy Reid is how old now? I don't, you know, Andy Reid's not sticking around for Pat's entire career. Oh, no. So I, I, I don't think know he, if Pat I think sticks in, around there. That's, I think in two years, Reid retires. So right? they just going to let Eric Bieniemy take over? Now Bieniemy's taken over, and none of us have high hope for him based on our coaching conversations earlier this year. You better score 45 a game because your defense is going to suck. I mean, what isn't gonna? It's. Uh, it, it, I mean, these I mean, they have the benefit of being in a pretty good division too. Like you expect the Chargers to be good one day because they have Justin Herbert, but the Raiders, if they're gonna trade Derek Carr, they're gonna be in their own rebuild. Rebuild. The Broncos suck. I don't know. I, I think it is a pretty similar situation to the Seahawks. When you look at the division, when you look at the problems that they seem like they're going to have. Um, and I don't expect them to re-side Tyron Matthew because I think he's going to be, you know, old by the time his contract's up and what'd you say, Matt, 2023, 2022, something like that. So I do think that you're going to start seeing some of those defensive players fall off, but some of them are around uh, a little bit longer. I think you said Frank Clark was like 2023. Chris Jones is what, 2026 or something? Uh, no, the, no, Clark and Jones are both 2024. 2024. Matthew is 2022. Okay. So Matthew's coming into his last year of a three-year $42 million contract. Yeah, I think he's 20, gone. 26, almost $27 million guaranteed. Yeah, I bet that's his last year. Unless he comes back on, like, a, a shorter deal. But I don't expect them to, you know, re- retain him. And then maybe they can, like, you know, learn from what the Seahawks did. See some of their mistakes and be like, oh, maybe we don't want to do that. Except you already paid the quarterback, which you kind of have to do when you have a quarterback like Russ or Pat Mahomes. But maybe the rest of the roster they can start building uh, a little bit, a little bit smarter than you know what what they saw um, over there in Seattle. Or maybe not. Maybe they do end up sucking. I don't think they're ever going to be like that eight and eight team though. I think their worst case scenario will be ten and six, eleven and five. Um, you know, granted. That Mahomes is healthy, obviously. Right. Yeah, we're we're we're, ex- we're expecting everyone to stay healthy. You know, injuries derail everything. You know, the Niners went from a Super Bowl contending team this uh, this past year to we saw what happened this year. You know, that was with them losing damn near half the team. Shit happens. Things happen, and you know you got to roll with the punches. But assuming everyone stays healthy, you know the Chiefs are the favorite already for next year. It's already come out. They are the favorite, and it's kind of by a wide margin. But you know. You signed this quarterback 
for a decade. And he's your future, and he's the future of the sport, the way everyone's talking about him. It's the, the future and the now. <laughs> I mean, it just I, – I don't – I guess that's my beef. I don't see him as the future of the sport. Yeah, he'll probably be the best quarterback in the league for 10 years, but – Three years from now, I don't see them getting back to the Super Bowl. And I know that sounds like crazy, well, it's but... It's hard. It's hard to get the Super Bowl. <laughs> it is hard. It, That's what I'm saying. It is, saying. and it's also hard to even project like three years out. What is it? What the Patriots went, what, like 10 years so, without making the Super Bowl? But for a specific team that's at the top now, I, I don't think it's that hard to see the yeah. writing on the wall. But that's even when... That's even when Look Brady at, do was... You, do you guys see Seattle? Wasn't making shit, but he do wasn't making Do you see Seattle million. truly contending anytime soon? No, well, like you said, they're further down, and I think uh, and Russ is obviously you know beat up, and I think Russ is you know worse than Mahomes is anyway. Not much. Well, no, I just I, I do think Seattle's a worse version. I think they have a worse head coach. I think they have a worse quarterback, and I do think that you know the mistakes they've made again, maybe Kansas City can learn from. But I mean, it's hard because you're paying your quarterback more than they paid their quarterback, you're going to lose your coach. Like, Reed isn't sticking around forever, especially when things start winding down. There's just nothing to stick around no, for. One of those, one of them uh, bacon cheeseburgers is going to get to him. They got a two-year window. Oh, I don't say that. No, I'm not talking about kill him. <laughs> I'm just, not talking just about kill him. I'm talking about like he's going to take him out the game. He's going to be like, all right, I'm Send his, Just his career, not his life. Yeah. I So, I, so I think they Reed have a two-year two window. Do we, but... Maybe him and uh, maybe him and B enemy can switch. B enemy can be head coach and Andy. The offensive coordinator? coordinator. That would be. Yeah, you, you get you get a little a little bit more lax. <laughs> be something. You still get to I... stick around. All right, but realistically, it's sixty-two years old, which is what Andy Reid is now. What what do you? That's think? actually not that old. I think Pete Carroll's like seventy-five. Pete Carroll is a very young. I think seventy. He's not seventy. I don't think he's seventy either. I, he's old though. He's really old. I, I was exaggerating a little bit, but he's, he's probably like 68. Yeah, I knew I th- thought like 68. He'll yeah. be 70 this uh, he's, year. When the he's really, starts, really old. September 15th is his birthday. But it's so. it's different for everyone. Um, I mean, if if Reed had failed in Kansas City, which seems like a lifetime ago, he would have been done as a head coach because that's just how the league goes. Um, obviously, he didn't. And we don't have to hear people like Dylan tell us how terrible of a head coach he is anymore. But he was that close, and he had his rebirth, and things went well. But as things start winding down again, how much is there left? Like, he cemented his legacy. He'll be a Hall of Fame inductee in a handful of years. What what is there left for him to stay in as things start to wind down? I mean, another Super Bowl, because he does only have the one. But but that's when, after two years, like, I'm— they got two seasons to yeah, win two, it. Three. They got two seasons to win it. If they don't, well, I'm sure he doesn't think that. <laughs> I'm sure I, he's see, like, I got. Everyone says that. Like if, I, you hear that all over. If you're Andy Reid level genius and you have Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback, every year I think you go into the season like we have a chance. There's some years probably like this year where you're like, oh, we're the see favorite. I. Right, like we won last year, and like this should be everyone, ours to lose. But I think there are other years where you go and you're like, oh, like we. Could everyone do it. says that. I don't believe it. I believe someone as smart as Andy Reid, that's constantly scouting other teams, obviously knows what he has with his own team. I think he has an exceptional idea how close they are or how far they are. In a couple years from now, 
three, four years from now, I think he will see that window is pretty much shut. I, I really, I, I do you, he's as smart as he is, as much as he understands his team and he knows what it takes to win a Super Bowl. He, he knows, I mean, he's been there and done it for how long he'll see the writing on the wall. I absolutely believe that. And I, 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 people always say, oh, athletes and coaches, they always think they got a chance. They always think this. I don't think that's true. These guys live this game every day, and they're not stupid people for the most part. I mean, we've seen Lions coaches notwithstanding. I, um, I, they know, and I think he'll know, and I think he'll know when it's time to hang him up, and I think he will. But that's not – In eight years. I mean, that's, that's projecting way forward. It, it doesn't – it's not important. I think they have a two-year window, and they're done. What I want to see after that two-year window is, for the love of God, a competitive team in Detroit. That's what I want to see. And we have just shipped off the best player we've had in Detroit in a very long time. And we did that. We only had Calvin five years ago. Stop. We did that in hopes in the Hall of, Fame. of setting up that future. <clears throat> and not just setting up our future, but specifically setting up our future a few years from now. And you know that because they weren't even interested in getting picks this year, right? They got their picks a couple years down the road in some cases. For when the Rams bottom out like, <laughs> like we think the Chiefs are going to. When this trade was made, there was a lot of surprise and hand-wringing about the terms. And a lot of people that I don't want to call them dumb, they just don't know or don't understand value, especially in a complex league like the NFL, a lot of people were surprised at what the Lions got in return. I wasn't surprised at all. They got exactly what I said they would get. But the return was clearly not the best return possible. And we talked about this before, about how you have to maximize this deal. This deal is going to set us up for how long? And me and Dylan argued a lot, and I said, you know, I would actually take a little bit less to give Stafford a softer landing spot just for what he's meant to the franchise and for goodwill going forward. We know that Detroit has not always had the Lions specifically, not other franchises, lately not always the best relationship with some of our disgruntled athletes. Um, I mean, Jesus Christ, we hear about Calvin Johnson every other week and how we still have not patched that up, even though he was probably more in the wrong. But this was a chance to do right by him. And give him a kind of a soft landing spot. And I said, you know what? I would take a little less to do that. And Dylan said I was stupid and that's ludicrous. And that's pretty much how our conversations go. And that's fine. I don't mind it. But it feels like that's what we did. Because we had multiple, not from the same team. We had multiple offers that in those offers each had a top 10 pick for this year. Plus more on the table. And that alone is more than we got in reality. Um, you talk about, oh, we got two first-round picks. I'd rather have two first-round picks than a, a top-10 pick. Well, I don't know if you know what it costs to trade up to get a top-10 pick, but it's 
pretty expensive. Picks for this year are always way more valuable than picks for next year. That's why you'll see a team in this draft trade next year's first round pick to get into the second round, as happens literally every year. It's, And we got a first round pick. The second first round pick was in 2023 it's two drafts from now what is that realistically worth not to mention uh yeah you said top five yeah you said hopefully they tank like we're talking about kansas city might eventually that pick's gonna be in the 20s and i would i would peg that pick around 25 20 it's gonna be between 24 and 20 30 i'll say between 24 and 30 is where that pick's gonna land and i would bet on that no i think next year's could i don't think 2023 is I think the Rams could be like real bad by that point. They're going to get real one good bad. year out of Stafford. I will, I will give you two to one odds, and I will put up. It's, it's not just Stafford; it's the rest of the I team I will give too. you two to one odds, and I will put two hundred dollars on it. Stafford and Aaron Donald don't miss more than two games each year. They don't pick outside of the top twenty, inside the top twenty, lower than twenty. Jesus Christ. Well, no, because I want them both to get hurt. Jesus I'd rather Christ. They'd... This is not nice. <laughs> that just throws off the bet. Like, that doesn't hurt you. That just cancels the bet. Well, th- then there, there was no bet anyway. Oh, so you're, I just you're hoping for lack of help. I just don't think it'll be the 25th pick in 2023. I mean, I think Stafford will be worse too, but that's fine. Like, I saw Stafford quarterback plenty of teams in Detroit that – that weren't picking inside, or that were picking inside the top twenty. Okay, so I'm just looking through this here. So Stafford's contract expires in 23. Aaron Donald 25. Jalen Ramsey 27. Robert Woods 26. Cooper Cup 24. So there are your big names right there on that team. Their windows two years too. I mean, they don't have. I doubt a huge window. I mean, it depends. Um. But that's what Stafford's under contract for, right? Two years? I mean, they, they drafted him to win right now. So I guess, oh, so that's true. So if they don't re-sign Stafford, that 2023 pick could be good, right? And if they if they kind of start their crater after no, that, because he's No, they'll not, have Stafford in the 2023 year, right? No. It's after 2023 his contract no. expires? No. He's only under contract for two more years. Yeah, so it expires in 2023. Well, oh, I'm sorry. Hold on. But the 2023 draft pick yeah, is we, for the 2022 season. Year, and then we have it's, that's where the confusion We have the 2023 draft pick, but that's for the 2022 season. Yeah, we have their pick in not this draft, but the next one yeah. and the next one. Which will be, so Stafford will be, Stafford yeah, Stafford will be here I, I got a little year con- I, got a little, I, I got myself a little confused. At least, I mean, they might. Re- I mean, at that well, point, them resigning yeah, him doesn't matter. Don't matter for it, the yeah, it doesn't matter at all for the Lions. So it's it's two years. That's their window. They're trying to win now in two years. That doesn't help us. They're going to be two later first round picks in their future first round picks. I equate the twenty twenty three first from them to like a high third round pick this year. Like that's the value of it. No, oh, no. Nah. That's just how it is. We, we did get a third-round pick this year, though, from him. We did get a third-round pick this year from him. So we basically got... That was three, three first-round picks. Yeah, three first-round picks. Two of them were in 2023. That's all. Um, I mean, think about... Well, this year's isn't a high third-round pick, but if you had, like well, the Lions do, 
have a high-ish third-round pick. If you were to trade that back and trade that back again, like a couple times for a couple of years, like you could get into the first round with that pick. If you delayed it a couple of years, the, the third-round pick. Yeah, no, no, we have what was it? Five first-round picks it. in the next three years. That's not how it works, of course. But yeah, I, I look at so if you took so Carolina was offering Teddy Bridgewater and number eight plus whatever else you could have squeezed out of them. If you have number eight this year, first of all, number eight and number seven is power. Like, that might allow you to do something crazy. And by crazy, I mean, like, at least tickle the taint of Jacksonville and get them to not hang up on you. They would, they would hang up on you. They hang up on you so They're bad. not going to hang up on you. They're going to talk to you. It's like the Rams did when we asked for Aaron Donald and then we had to call well, back. Like, hey, we were that's just because they're trying to win now. And getting rid of Aaron Donald, obviously, defeats a large purpose of that. Um like I said, he's the best player in football. If you're trying to win now, you don't get rid of the best player in football. But that gives you power to do something. Or if you, and again, this is how you, you see what the value of this is real quick. If you want to trade back from eight, and again, I'm not saying you could do this because you're not just going to keep trading the pick over and over again. But if you were to no, trade Bill back does it all and the trade time. back, that number eight pick is going to amount to a lot more than the number 22 pick in 2023. If you were to trade that pick until 2023. You mean the number two pick? Yeah, the number two pick. Yeah, I mean, Stafford and Aaron Donald both missed the entire season. Maybe. Probably still not. But maybe. You get old, brittle-ass Stafford to miss a season. That alone was a better offer. And that's what I hate the praise for the return of this trade. I don't hate that they made this trade, but I hate the narrative that, wow, we got this great deal for Stafford. Not to mention, we haven't even got into the Jared Goff thing, which is the potentially worst part of all of it. Because now we're saddled with a terrible quarterback contract. And oh, by the way, we probably viewed him as an asset in the trade not a detriment. The dumbest thing I've heard since we made this trade, and this is one of the dumbest things you'll ever hear, ever, is that the Lions got an extra first-round pick to take Jared Goff's contract. The kind of buffoon it takes to say something like that is almost unfathomable, but it's real life. It's been parroted by numerous people. The fact that without Jared Goff in the trade, we had better trade offers on the table. And you have the audacity to say that they threw in a first-round pick years from now because we took his contract is just absurd. But that's a contract that we have to deal with. And no matter, almost no matter what our plan is, unless we are able to move him before the season, which I do not foresee happening, him being packaged as part of the trade hurts us. And the Rams had to get rid of Goff. They couldn't carry $55 million or whatever the cap hit would have been between Goff and Stafford. They had to get rid of Goff. We didn't extract extra juice for that. We maybe got less because of that. Although I would guess the way things went down, we may have gotten that third round pick for him. I hope to God we at least squeeze a little bit extra for him. 
But what are our options at this point? The biggest fear, and by all accounts, which accounts and reports at this point don't really mean anything, well, their actions will speak a lot louder than words. If we trade up to number three and draft Zach Wilson, that says more than anything else ever could. Not saying it's going to happen, but we'll know where we stand in a couple months. But as of right now, a lot of people think that we're fine with rolling with Goff as our starter. That's terrifying The Rams have already done that. I think they take those two years that they have where they can cut them for nothing was after 2022. Um, I think they take those two years to evaluate. I don't think they take a quarterback this year, though. Um, I think they wait until next year and they go 3-13 and 13 or 2-14 and 14 and they take whoever that kid is at number one, Sam Howell or something, um, the, the kid from North Carolina. So I think they take their quarterback next year and then they sit him a year under Goff and then they broom Goff out of here. But if Goff balls out for two years, maybe they just say, What about hey, Jones from Alabama and then this they year? Trade, then Get they him trade out. Seven. So – so this is no. I I I think they'll be really really bad next year, and I think they plan on being really See, really I don't. bad. Uh, I do. So you, if you're going to be really bad, you don't bring in Jared Goff to play quarterback. So the problem with Goff is while he's not a good quarterback, he's good enough to keep you from drafting a top two quarterback prospect. Nah, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't I don't know what the team is. that we got around <laughs> that's, him. That's where I disagree. So our team will be not including quarterback will be better than it was this year. This year we had poor health, of course, but we're also pretty we're not losing a lot from this team. We had we're going to have a bevy of draft picks, a new first round pick, a new second round pick, a new third round pick. I mean those can all be starter caliber players if you don't suck at drafting, right? So you're adding, They can be starters, it doesn't mean they're going to make an impact. You're adding, right? well, I mean any starters making an impact it might be negative i mean oh, it might be negative. was a starter okuda was hurt all year like, that's what i'm so that's where okuda and when he started okuda he will be in his second season he'll be more seasoned i mean you look at darius slay was garbage his rookie year and he really started to come on his second year his he third was. year okuda is was the number three overall pick in corner i didn't like the pick none of us did but he didn't go number three overall because he sucks the expectation is that he will be a good NFL corner, and that you expect to start this year with a healthy season. So we are absolutely going to have a better team around the quarterback this year. How much better? It might be like a little better, like just a teeny bit better. Yeah, but, but it could be a lot better. But we've also dropped tremendously I think our offense will be way worse. You absolutely, and this is the biggest thing in the world when, when you're talking about a – if you have a good team – like a really good team, it doesn't matter as much. But when you're a marginal team or a bad team, coaching matters a ton. And our coaching staff should be beyond worlds better than what we've had. And I don't think anyone would disagree with that. If you want a staff to maximize the talent that you do have, we don't know if these guys are going to be home runs, but they have to be worlds better than what we've had. They have to be. They cannot be. Maybe. I don't know that you see that in the first season. There's a bunch of first-time play call. Well, except for Anthony Lynn, I guess. But everybody else is like first-time do, doing what they do. And I like the staff that they put together. I don't know that it comes together in year one. So then you just kind of feed Jared Goff out there to the to the Wolves. I think our offense What happens? Our defense should be. What uh, happens a, if you're a bad a team better. but you still win six games next year and you don't get 
that top quarterback. Well, then there's no drop-off from Stafford to Goff, is there? <laughs> if, if they win six games next year. We use the uh, picks that we've gotten to trade up if we need to. To trade up and get no, what? I, I, You're trading I, your, I, mortgaging I, your future? Then that was then that was pointless to begin with. Years. you got to get your quarterback this year. And then if you want to groom him under Goff, that's fine. It makes sense. But right now you're in a position, you have the draft capital, and you're at seven. You don't ever want to pick at seven again. You get your quarterback this year, especially in. No, they'll pick at seven this is a, year. This is a pretty darn nice quarterback class. You have yeah, a lot of Grab options Mac Jones that are at, at least entertainable. Let at seven, Mac Jones, years. you might be able to get at the Shut seventh up. pick of the second round. <laughs> seven. I, I mean, there's. Mac Jones is going to be the fifth quarterback off the board. He's going to be there a lot later than seven. You don't know that. Patriots might snag I, him at the end of the first round. I, there's going to be four quarterbacks before the end of the first round. <laughs> before Mac Jones. There will be four quarterbacks taken before Mac Jones, and I would bet on that. If he's you the guy you want, that, go get him. Why, why, why mix it up and take other people first? If he's the guy you want, go get him. No. Or you just you have know you're going to be so bad. You want to grab bad? Jamar Chase in the first yeah, round you just have because, to get, well, and then wait if we for Matt take, Jones. If, uh, if we take a receiver at number seven, I will not watch a game this season. Every mock, every mock draft I'm seeing so far is us taking a receiver at the first. That's at that's seven. why they're mocks. We mock them. Now they all mocked Akuda, and then look, <laughs> and we ended it, up with Akuda. That just helps them get the first. Just helps them get the first pick next year. I'm not saying Same that home. we Same couldn't draft a receiver. Because you guys know that I didn't love our GM of choice. And he might do something really goddamn dumb. But I do believe he knows that the first place we need to build is we got to find our quarterback of the future and we need to build up our trenches. If a guy like, I don't know, Sewell was there at seven and we took a receiver, could you imagine? Let's go. 2022 NFL mock draft. Lions, number one. Tyler Show, quarterback, Oregon. We're going to be that bad, huh? Look, look at us. I I think so, and so does uh. I mean, so you, look, you look Walker at our football. schedule. You know, we're, we're facing the NFC West. There's three losses right I, there, maybe four. We're facing the AFC North. There's three losses right there, maybe four. We're going to lose the Packers twice. We're probably going to lose the Vikings twice. We're going to lose the Bears once. There's a lot of losses on our schedule. I agree that we're going to be super bad. The thing is, right now you have the seventh overall pick. You can't guarantee that you have that or better next year. Not to mention, it takes more than number seven to get that quarterback. Especially next year is not. If we don't have the draft that it is this year. Seven last year. But you have to work with what you have. In golf, regardless of what you think about him, if your goal is to tank next season, because that's basically what you're saying, Ryan. You're saying that this team is prepared. Yeah, play the long you're, game. Hit, hit that Your parlor. team, you're, you are saying that the Lions are prepared and expect to tank next season, get a top three pick, and get their quarterback. That's what you're saying. Yes? Yeah. Okay. Number one. Goff hurts you doing that. I'm not saying he makes it impossible. We could be exceptionally bad with him. But why in the hell would you want a veteran quarterback that was good enough to get dragged to a Super Bowl leading your tank charge? Why because would you we don't want have the pieces that? To drag because him on the That's true. And on the flip side, if Goff is some reclamation project and he just balls out, then you do have but your quarterback. But why wouldn't I don't you think that's Why happen. wouldn't you rather roll with Chase Daniel and guarantee yourself the number 1 pick if that's your goal? 
because maybe maybe Goff is that guy. And if he goes out and wins 10 games next year with this bum-ass roster, then they'll be like, okay, well, <laughs> so now, we have So now here. you're falling back into maybe they want Goff to earn his chance to be quarterback of the future. I That's a, that's a travesty to me. I think that is catastrophic. I, I, think, I think they do, and I think if he if he does it, they'll be like, all right, and then they'll roll with it. But if he does it and they roll with it, it'll be because he he proves he's worth it. I don't think if he's trash and they get the and they get a top five pick the next two years, they're gonna be like, all right, let's let's keep up this let's keep this contract going. What if he's super average to slightly below average and we somehow win six or seven games with his bum ass quarterback and now we can't then, draft then, his then replacement? I think they say hell no. But then we can't draft his replacement. Yeah, you can, because by those those times you'll have those extra first round picks. You are also working under the assumption that automatically his replacement is someone we're going to grab in the first five picks. There are plenty of quarterbacks in the NFL that are starting and elite and are not taken in the first five picks. The man who just won his seventh freaking Super Bowl was taken in the sixth round at 199. All right. See, you had me until that. The guy we we were talking about for half this show, Patrick Mahomes, was taken at 10. The other guy we brought up, Russ was taken in the third round. We don't. We don't need to deal with the absurd outliers. Mahomes but you, but is you a are good dealing example. with absolutes. Deshaun, to Deshaun Watson. Deshaun your, Watson. Your entire would be a premise. Good example. Your entire premise of your argument is that we need a top five pick. Yes, I want a top five quarterback prospect. Absolutely. That doesn't make him going to be a great quarterback in the NFL. How many times have we seen the busts taken in those first five picks? How many times time have we time seen again. the busts taking in the top in the, in the ten or later? Like, how many of the not top 10 picks have busted? Way more. Way more. Like, Jared Goff, like, was the number one overall pick, and I he sucks you, so much. But you were playing this what-if game on our podcast. It's going to take us nowhere with this conversation because all it is is a premise on it has to be a top five pick. We it's, can't it play has to that be this year, is what I'm saying. Gonna get us I'm anyway. saying it has to be this year. We have no idea. You dick, who our you dicking around with Goff in, in trying to pick his replacement at number 10 next year is not a good plan going forward. Yes, you could get lucky. You could absolutely strike gold and get lucky, but that's not a good plan of attack for a GM when you have the number seven pick this year and you have a really good quarterback class. You strike now. You sit him behind Goff now. You don't wait and hope that you strike gold in the future and set yourself back even farther because then if they miss on that quarterback, if they draft Jordan Love instead, then what? Okay, but clearly that is not the way that this team is going to be going right now. If that was the case, they would have traded them to Jacksonville That's why I'm so upset. That, that's what the concern is. You have to either you – either, you make a move and draft Zach Wilson, or you trade back and you get Trey Lance, someone like that, a project. Or, or what are you doing? If you don't draft a quarterback this year, you, you are setting yourself up for You don't draft a quarterback this year and you build our trenches. You go and grab then a trip you can to work. Do both. Next year, and then you can you do grab, both. You grab a Tyler Show or Sam Hole, whatever the hell their names it, are. If you, Keldon Slovis, the, you're, you're not. Or you use all if of our draft capital one and trade with for Gothic. a quarterback that's doing well that wants out of whatever team they're currently in. You can do that. When too. does that work ever? Dudes want out they to a con- dudes want out to a contending team, not a team in a five year rebuild. 
If we've proven in the two years that we build our own line and we got a guy that we can block for. That's right. By 2023, if we're on the cusp. If their plan is anything other than drafting a quarterback this year, I'm out. Well, we could trade for, uh, I don't know, who's a, we could trade for Justin Herbert after he says, get me out of L.A. If you're, if you're not drafting your quarterback this year, I'm out. I am out on this entire regime. Okay, well, I mean, well, I think, I think that's, you're going to be out then yeah. because I don't think that's going to I think gonna you're going to be out then. I think you're acting a little bit rash here with a brand new regime to have to go exactly the way you want it to go or you're out. It's the only logical way for it to go. That's you are you setting think. yourself. You are setting yourself up for failure. I don't know if that's true. I know you think that's it, true. It is true. I don't it's know if that's very true sim- It's a very simple numbers game. It is incredibly simple. You are not – so you can sit here and say, I think we're going to be really bad and have a top five pick next year. It's fine, but you don't know that. We know what picks we have this year. We don't know what picks we're going to have next year. Even if you are that bad, what happens – We know we're going to have two first-round picks next year. What happens when you miss on the quarterback you draft? And now you're extra years behind – you have Goff that God knows what you're going to do with it. Well, you're going to cut him in two years. And then you're you're starting from scratch again in three years. And now when you're starting from scratch, you got a way better team around now, you. Now you're three years behind the eight ball. For what? Or we use our draft wisely. We've built up our O-line. And we use the draft capital we have in a couple of years to trade for a quarterback from a team that we want. But that's only going to happen if you build yourself into a contender in the meantime. That's that's what their plan is. Like they're not, not planning like, happen. hey guys, we're just gonna suck for eight years. I guarantee I guarantee happens. you their plan is not let's rebuild for five years and then trade for a Deshaun Watson. I promise you that. No, but their plan is to contend. You don't go into you don't go into any of these trades. Like, oh, we just wanna be like super so bad you, you guys time. truly have no problem with sitting on golf and drafting wherever the hell we draft next year. No, because it's going to be top three. So, I don't think we're going to be good. I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I'm not afraid that Goff's going to pull eight games out of his ass. Well, I don't think he's going to pull eight out of his ass, but he could pull six. I don't think he can. I don't. I don't think he's that good. I don't think this team. We just saw is Stafford be not be able to do that. that. Terrible. And as much as much as we, you know, joke about Stafford, like he's better than Goff is. We are going to be better. A lot better. I don't, I don't think so. I think true. our offense is going to be way worse. And, it's, and, and our defense it, it is still going to be bad. So we say, uh, yeah, so sitting here, I, I'll tell you Stafford is a quarterback is a million miles better than Goff. I'm not sure if the way Stafford was used, Stafford's worth a million dollars more than Goff in the Lions offense the last couple of years. Because it, you got the same play calls for Goff and Stafford the last handful of years. Stafford not winning you that many more games than Goff would have. But he's still winning you more use, games than Goff would have. We, we didn't utilize him in a way to take advantage of his talent. So it doesn't even goddamn matter that he's a lot okay, better than Goff. But here's the thing. Goff's talent is nowhere near what Stafford's is, and we don't have the personnel to take advantage of it anyway. We don't have run blocking. But we, are, we, we don't have the guys to protect have him. So, so what is he going to possibly do with us with our offense and our lack of defense to really make you think that we're going to win six, seven games next year? So if we stay relatively healthy, say we draft and look at our Sewell schedule in number seven, the offensive line will be start to be pretty darn solid. Run blocking is still going to be an issue, but you got some talent back there at least, and they should be at least close to average in run blocking at that point, and they should be really good in pass protection. 
Skill position players don't matter too much, but Swift, pretty darn solid. Hawkinson, I think, is going to be a super good tight end, actually, in the NFL. As much as I hated the pick, I think he's going to be really darn good. Defense is super young. You're going to draft another handful of defenders this year. You get Okuda back healthy. The team is not going to be a two- or three-win football team, talent-wise, with a, with a competent coaching staff, which we don't know, but everyone liked the coaching staff that was put together. Everyone liked the direction that we're going, and yes, there's going to be some bumps in the road, and there's going to be a learning curve because you have a ton of people doing jobs they haven't done before, but everyone liked the moves we've made, so if you have a competent coaching staff and you have a team that's a fair amount better, Goff can win you six games. Like, no problem. Okay, hang on. Have you looked at the schedule? Yes. Okay, so where do you want, are do you want me to pull it back up? We look, we can pull it back up. The N- so let's just start with the West, the NFC West. San Francisco not winning that game, just not happening. All right, Arizona maybe, still not sure that's happening. Not going to beat Seattle. Not going to beat the Rams. Then we got the AFC North. We're not beating Pittsburgh. We're not beating Baltimore. We're probably not beating Cleveland, and we might beat Cincinnati maybe. So there's two wins maybe. We're not beating Green Bay. We might win once against Chicago and once against Minnesota. There's four wins. Now we've got, besides that, Philadelphia and Atlanta. I think we're a four-win team, maybe five. And a five-win season, to me, is probably a top-five pick. It's probably right there at around five, five for five. And again, I think there's a, a possibility that we're worse than pretty much any team on our schedule. Well, we do play Cincy and the Eagles. Uh, I think we'll be favored against Cincy. I think Eagles are a toss-up game. Chicago's going to be bad. What is Atlanta next year? I, I mean, mean, what are we? <laughs> it's the same. So, to me, us and Atlanta are the same. And it's a road game in Atlanta. For whatever that's worth. But, yeah, Chicago will be bad. And say, you know, they, they pull off a, a one straight, then that probably puts them better than us, and then it gives us a better chance to beat Philly. But good thing we have two games against Chicago. So I'll take, I'll trade two losses. So I I, I have us at five wins next year. Num- numbers will push it closer to six, but numbers always uh, err towards the medium. Uh, we're a four. I think, or five I think we'll win teams. three. But if we win four and we're you know in the top five, I'm, I'm I'm not gonna be upset. I mean, and then I think that's where you start to see that future really get laid because Goff probably plays bad. Or mediocre if we're if we're only a four win team and even if it's not so much all of his fault, it'll just be like, hey, you're obviously you know not the guy for us. And then you take his re- replacement, whoever it is, right? Uh, the the top three quarterbacks on the mock draft I was looking at, Slovis, they do from Oregon, and um, and not in this order, but uh, and and Sam Howell. So if you're in the top five, you figure you're probably getting one of those guys. And that's not even to say who jump up, who jumps up next year. I mean, if we're not abhorrent, we have a chance in eight of these games. Stop it. If we win stop eight it. games, you build No, you stop. Build golf stop. Instead. Not stop winning it. eight games. We're not winning eight. We have a chance in eight. It's not the same. You have a chance against Atlanta. You have a chance against the Bears, who you play twice. You have a chance against the Vikings, who you play twice. 
You have a chance against Cincy and Philly. They're not good football teams. You have a chance against Arizona. Arizona's not a good football team. I promise you, Cincy's going to boat race us. <laughs> if Joe Burrow is healthy, I, they are going to boat race us 45-17 because Goff is not offensively talented. <laughs> what is he, defensively? So, and, we are, is, and we are not defensively how talented is, either. Since when is Cincy a good football team? Like, what? Joe Burrow is going to throw for four touchdowns on us. I guarantee it. That's fine. They might give up 10 touchdowns. Like, I, what do you want? Like on our you, offense, not a chance. What are you talking about? Are you forgetting any, what you're talking about? Yeah, we're uh, the Lions. Uh, our, uh, okay? We are right, not we're, there we're not yet. Score 20 points we just game. got our new regime of coaches. We have not gotten rid of all the old piece of shit players that we've had to face them with new ones. All right? <laughs> we are still the Lions right now. Just new guys are in charge. All right? So that means our defense sucks ass. It doesn't have a D in front of it. And our offense is shady as all hell with no pass blocking these, these and we can't run the ball can, for shit. These are things that can change very quickly. if we need quickly. any game to come down to a field goal, Matt Prater sucks now. No, so. he's fine. He was banged up. No, he's fine, but no, Jared Goff's not going to get us a field goal range. He's, he's, <laughs> Even Matt Prater's field Prater's goal range. Prater's ass now. The, 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 the one thing that we could count on him for, he can't even, he can't even do. Now he's, now he's worse than Jason Hansen. No, nah, he's still hitting 50-yarders at a higher clip than Hansen. <laughs> Not our defense was one of the worst in the league, and our offense wasn't that much better. There's not reason for that to change, especially when we've gotten I, worse. I at told you exactly why. There's a lot of reason for that to change, even with the core. I literally outlined why there's plenty of reason for it to change. If 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 Sewell falls to seven, and not just that was an example. We have you're gonna get unless we're terrible. We're gonna get a couple starters out of this draft, unless we're just awful. Okay, so, but it's very rare for rookies to make that much impact right away. It's not rare. You see it all over the NFL all the time. It's rare for the Lions. Right, like like we got a it's, starter on the line in last year's draft. and That turns a bad team good. into a decent It's rare team? for the Lions. I mean, it's not one player. It's, it's the conglomerate of things. Our bad players, some of them are going to get better because they were young. All right. Some of them are going to get better because we have a lot better coaching this year because we had the world's worst coaching staff last year. Guys like Okuda are going to be healthy, hopefully, and hopefully take that step forward. Okuda in two years could be a top five corner in the NFL. I don't think that's going to happen, but like and that's not that's impossible. Wonderful. That's still one side of the football if, field. There's still the other side, and it's not Okuda. Well, that was the side that you were complaining about. The offensive and side. And if Okuda's top five in two years by the time we got all those draft picks. I, I actually have a lot more hope the on the Bowl. offensive side. The Lions' biggest problem on offense besides the offensive line has been play calling forever. So all, all you need is one decent play caller that's not a complete moron. And right there, your offense is going to be better than it's been the last few years, even with less talent in a garbage quarterback, because you have a play caller that can call actual fucking football plays and not run the ball on second and 12. Like, whatever. You, you, your offensive line, especially if you can get another starter, pass protection should be fine. Run blocking, if you can get to league average, like you're cooking with something. You have not after the most, we sign a bunch of receivers most that can't get important open. area. Uh, we've never had receivers that can get open, but if our pass blocking is really good, it doesn't matter as much because they have an hour. Open. Yeah, Calvin Johnson couldn't get open. What are you talking about? Oh, my Lord. No, Stafford just couldn't throw him. jumped everybody. Calvin Johnson didn't, was never not open. There's never a moment Calvin Johnson's on the football field he's not open. Doesn't exist. There's plenty of reason to think this team could be better than it was this year. Schedule well, cause, cause difficult Stafford's for gone. sure. 
Oh my lord. And I'm not even, I'm not even saying they're going to got, be. Got rid I of just, the dead weight. You cannot count on them being for sure terrible, terrible, like wretched. Of course we can. I mean, let's be, I can. let's be real. <laughs> let's be real. And this is, again, hurting it. If you are winning less than eight games, you are a bad football team. Period. Like you're not, you're, if you're winning less than eight games, you are so goddamn far away from contention outside of injury or if you need a quarterback, right? So we're all, all these teams are terrible that are in that range that we're fighting with for a top pick. You have more pieces in place than a lot of them. Why can't we beat the Philadelphias of the world in the Cincy's of the world? You, you think Atlanta's going to be a good football team next year? I, I think the Bengals have a shot to be better than us, for sure. A shot, yes, but we also have a shot to be better than them, and that's the problem. We don't know. If you could stand up here, if you could tell me that next year we're going to have the number one pick, I'll be like, sign me up, dude. Uh, well, well, I did, and you didn't seem to go for it, so. Because you can't. <laughs> You're just saying it. It's not real. But you were just saying it too, and it's not real. And you want to spend the next hour, you know, debating on how it's real. And it's I not. don't. I don't want. To. I don't want. To. I what yeah, I want. Yeah. What I want is not to have Jared Goff here. I want to have. If we're if we're not picking, let me rephrase. If we're not picking a quarterback this year, I don't need Jared Goff. Give me Chase Daniel so that I can have the number one pick almost for sure. Like, like, why do I want Jared Goff maybe winning a couple games he shouldn't? So that, For what uh, reason? So that the dude from Oregon can sit by him under a year and then not for take what purpose? I can, I can sign a veteran for that. It doesn't have to be Jared Goff. There's plenty of people. I'll sign Teddy Bridgewater for him to sit under. I don't care. Nah, well, why has it got to be Jared Goff? If I'm drafting a quarterback this year, yes, that's fine. Sit under Goff for two years. Then cut him and move on. Like I'm, I'm super fine with that. But like, if we're not drafting a quarterback this year, golf hurts us, and it scares me that. And that's not. Well, no matter what you think about golf, you can't argue that. If you're not drafting a quarterback this year, golf is hurting us because he's not helping our quest to get to replace him. That's not know. on the agenda. In his team, he. I think Jared Goff is an average <laughs> NFL quarterback. Yeah, and I think he's on a below-average team, which means he's going to have a bad year. But an average right. NFL quarterback, and then you get is a below-average team, hell of gets a lot better. Wins <laughs> is a hell of a lot better than Chase Daniel. I don't know. If Why that's true. do I need an average quarterback right now when I'm chasing the number one pick? Which is what I'm doing if I don't draft a quarterback this year. If I do not draft a quarterback this year, I want the goddamn number one pick next year so that I can get my guy. And I, everything you said about being able to get a quarterback later—that's fine. But if you want your pick of the litter, you got to have number one. So why in the hell is Goff here winning games that Chase Daniel wouldn't? Because he's not going to be winning games. Do you think Mac Jones is a talent? He's, here to, he's just here to look pretty. I think he's a prospect. I think he has a beautiful deep ball. I think if he was on a really good team, he could probably win some football games. So he's a, you don't know. He's a, so he is, I wouldn't mind drafting Mac Jones. I wouldn't do it in the top. 20. Okay, but if there's a risk that he's that, going to be gone if that else, If that was the quarterback we were going to take this year, like it, it, I, I would accept that. 
Like, if Mac Jones was the guy they drafted, I would be okay with that. Like, I obviously, it's impossible, but if you could get Trevor Lawrence, you're fine with that. Zach Wilson's my guy. If we get him, I'd be the happiest person in the moon. I won't watch a game if we draft Justin Fields. I'm on record saying that a thousand times. There's just <coughs> no purpose in him. Trey Lance is interesting enough to draft. No idea what he's going to be. Could be complete garbage, but I would at least watch to see if he's garbage or not. And then Mac Jones is that other guy. He's the last guy on the list, but you you can't take him in the top 20. You're giving up too much to get a guy with too many question marks. But he's a guy that I, I, I'm okay with drafting him and seeing what he becomes. Especially his deep ball is something that is more than talent. Plenty of guys have arm talent and can't throw the deep ball. Arm strength has nothing to do with deep ball. Deep ball is an inherent ability, and you can work on it, but at this level, you either have it or you don't. And if you can drop them into spaces, you, you're you an asset. Okay. Well, if your options are to follow the mock draft of we are taking a wide receiver at seventh or Mac Jones, who would you rather have? <laughs> oh, my Lord. No, I'm, I'm honestly asking. Forget all the all the what-ifs. But I, I will give you kudos for painting me into this corner. I have to give you props for doing that. I don't like this. I'm very uncomfortable and slightly upset. If I had to choose, I would take Mac Jones in a heartbeat, and this is why. The only way a receiver is worth taking that high is if they're close to Calvin Johnson level. Is if they won the Heisman. If they're close to Calvin Johnson level, you only have four, maybe five years of use out of them before you are not re-signing them because you're an idiot to sign a receiver to a big money deal. Just in any circumstances, you're just stupid. So we're not winning in the next four or five years of Super Bowl, no matter what we do. So under no circumstances am I drafting a receiver in the top 10. Zero, none, it's not happening. Yes, I would rather have, even though I think it's a massive reach, Mac Jones. And the thing with Mac Jones is, it's a reach because I know there's going to be four quarterbacks taken ahead of him. It's not a reach because he can't be worth a top 10 pick. Mac Jones could be an above average NFL quarterback, which is worth the number one overall pick, right? I mean, what does it cost to get a quarterback? So, but I grade picks when they happen. Excuse me. Because it's all about opportunity costs. And I, the dumbest the dumbest saying in the world is, oh, you can't judge this draft yet because we don't know how good they're going to be. It is very easy to judge value. And you have to give value out of your picks in the NFL or you'll never succeed at team building ever. And Mac Jones at seven is not value. But given me the choice of Jamar Chase or Mac Jones, I'll, I'll take Mac Jones. Well, there you go. There's our Are quarterback you happy? of the future. <laughs> Are you happy? Are you Mac happy Jones now? Jones in the seventh yes, pick. You... AJ, AJ's in love with Mac Jones, by the way. He watched one game ever that Mac Jones played in his life. Yeah, the natty. It's a good game to watch, but he's in love. So AJ, AJ would be, yeah, AJ would be very happy with that pick. I mean, he does. I tried I tried to tell you assholes last year. I, I tried to tell everyone, this kid is really good. 
And I was getting really pissed off in the lead up to the bowl game because everyone's like, oh, it's Alabama. They don't have Tua and Tua's hurt. And I'm like, guys, Mac Jones is really freaking good at football. Like, he is a good quarterback. Nobody listened. Now this year we all got to see that Mac Jones is a really good goddamn quarterback. Well, in the bowl game, I wasn't concerned that they would lose. Just because of the, who the opponent was. <laughs> I And that's... You laugh, but I mean that's the worry, right? That you you don't know because he had he'll never ever ever have a talent gap like that for the rest of his life on a football team, his team to the next. He'll never have until he has the lines that level of talent. Would you stop the twenty twenty four lines, baby, or twenty twenty three lines? Yeah. No, but he did it against Ohio State. That's not that large of a talent gap. And this year it was. That team, I mean, look at their receiving unit. Look at their offensive line. I mean, you've seen, you've seen what Ohio State's, what Ohio look State did running back. to Clemson's <laughs> like, offensive line. Not it's ridiculous. You've seen what Ohio State did to Clemson's offensive line the week before, or two yeah. weeks before. They didn't do they didn't move Alabama's offensive line. <laughs> they didn't move them. I mean that was an NFL offensive line playing a college football game. And literally, I mean all every single one of those players is going to be in the NFL probably starting at some point. Like he's not going to have that talent gap. And that's where you don't know. But he'll always have the ability to throw that deep ball. You hope he's he can go through his progressions when the windows are tighter. Make good decisions. Make the smaller passes because it's not all about deep balls. You can right. fall in love with a deep ball, but Tom Brady didn't make his money with a deep ball. He can hit him, and you got to be able to hit him. you got to have it in the arsenal, but that's not where his bread was buttered. So can he do those things? Well, with a lesser team. He's going to have two years sitting behind Jared Goff to learn what not to do. You go, okay, I'm going to just do the opposite of that. I mean, I, and I will be happy with that. I'll be mad that it was at number seven. I'll be salty as shit, but I, I just want us to get our quarterback this year. Or deal Goff. If we flip Goff for like a fifth-round pick, I'll be ecstatic. <laughs> like, if we were able to broom him and nope. then just straight-up tank-tank, then I'm like, I'm Gucci. The problem is the no, contract. Absolutely, it's a problem. And there's no indication that we have any interest in doing that. Now, again, actions will speak louder than anything else. I, I don't know. I'm just... My biggest thing is I'm concerned. Everyone is celebrating this trade, and I have doubts and concerns. And I feel like I'm on an island almost. So what has he got left? Jesus. Two Christ. years. No, I know. I was thinking actual money. So he's had a four-year, like $134 million, million dollar contract. Yeah, buddy. That's ridiculous. Look at look how smart he is. Oh, yeah. He fleeced him. That's who you want as your quarterback. Well, karma got him. Now he's playing in I, Detroit. I, I, IQ, IQ through the roof. <laughs> so his base this year is 25. His base next year is 10. 
but a 15-5 roster bonus. The cap hit is all that matters. What's the cap hit? The cap hit for this year, upcoming year, is twenty, almost 28. Jesus Christ. And the following like year Stafford's is cap 25 and a half. But it's uh, – see, I'm not – Yeah, buddy. The cap can – Creighton up 22. So the cap matters because it hurts us from trading him. I don't care that we're paying the money because we don't need the cap space right now. We're not trying to sign anybody or win any big prizes this year or next. So that the, – the money for us doesn't matter. We're trying, trying to win the number one pick. The money matters for trying to trade him, and that's where things become untenable. I don't know in the NFL how much – like I don't know if you can say – hey, we'll eat this much of the contract. I don't think you can. I don't think that's even an option in the NFL. It might be, though. It's something you never see, certainly, often. Um, but it's not like baseball where you can say, this oh, yeah. guy's we're, getting we're, $20 yeah. million, We'll pay half his but contract. But we'll eat $15 million of the contract, which is how it should be. There's no reason for it not to be like that. Like The NFL just makes trades dumb, difficult for no reason at all. And it's annoying. It's really annoying, especially someone that likes to see a lot more trades. But I, I don't. Do you not share these concerns, Matt? I mean, do you really are just laissez-faire, like kind of rolling with it, and whatever happens is okay? I'm waiting to see. You know, that's all. I, you know, I don't want to play the what-if game because I'm waiting to see what happens when the draft rolls around in April, and waiting to see, you know, really what we have to put on the field before making any kind of judgment on what we should do going forward. I don't think Goff is the quarterback of our future. And I think in two years he's gone. You know, who stands behind him, I don't know yet. And that's what I'm waiting to see. I'm, I, I need- I'm hopeful because we look like we have a competent staff for the first time in a very, very long time. I've liked almost every single hire that I've seen for this new regime. And... I understood the trade. I like the future draft picks. I like that we have the ability now to hopefully package them to move up if we need to. The question remains is Goff, and what are they going to do with him? Do you it- Antoine Randall won the Super Bowl in Detroit, and he's on the staff. Do you he's already better than any of our receivers. Why did you – Good omen. Did you, That's right, did you- especially after we tell Kenny to get the – Wide receiver coach better than anyone we got in the field. All right. So um, didn't you just say – not didn't you just say? Do you realize you just said he won a Super Bowl in Detroit? Yeah, he did. you meant literally. You meant literally in the city. Yes. Okay, I not for the yeah, team. Actually. In the city, I was. Is that is that four field? Yeah, it's very mis- very misleading. I was like, hold up, hold up a second. But yeah, then nah, I, then, I, this facts. then I remembered it was literally just facts, in the bro. city. Like better at quarterback right. than Ben Roethlisberger did in that Super Bowl. Oh my goodness! That's right. I I just pass to Tynes Ward. I, I, I just can't have been Super Bowl MVP. I can't get past the red flags. Like I can't get over it right now until we and until we do something, right? And like I said a thousand times, their actions maybe all this hand wringing's for nothing and we trade up and draft Zach Wilson and I'm like, holy shit, we're we're right. doing something. Yeah, right now you're what ifing yourself into depression. But but I, I well, I mean it's the Lions. I don't have to go very far to find that ledge. I said from the beginning, if we do that, like I'm like super on full steam ahead, like ecstatic. I just, the indications aren't there right now. And they shouldn't be. Like, I mean, I'm, I don't want the indications to be there. I don't want other teams feeling like they have an idea of what we're going to do. I I don't at all. One of the most important things as an effective GM 
is keeping your cards close to your vest, even the obvious ones. Right. Something Bob Quinn you, did not know. You don't. <laughs> no, and it will well, embarrass you. We don't, don't so. want to grab Tua because we don't think anyone else is going to actually want to take him. Like, are you fucking stupid? I've I've never seen something <laughs> botched. He'll be there in the second round. Something botched the way that <laughs> I saw this past draft. Like, it's just, it's so, un- not one, but two quarterbacks. In two teams dying to take them. And you do nothing. You don't trade the pick. You don't pick one of the quarterbacks. You do nothing. Trade back to five and then pick Herbert. You do nothing. (laughs) Trade back again. Nothing. And I'm just like, bro. (laughs) Dude. Imagine that. If you drafted Tua, so you got more for five. And then you drafted Herbert, so you got more for... Yeah, you know what I mean. More for three than more for five. <laughs> have all these extra draft yep. picks. Bob Quinn will still be here. Yeah, actually, it's a good thing he didn't do all that, huh? <laughs> well, nah, because he would have been. He might have proven himself a good GM, but then we'd want him to stick around because he could make competent fucking decisions. I'm so sad. I I had to peg from the start last year, and it was just misery watching it play out. In just the most nonsensical of fashion. It's sad. Everything this team does is sad. I can't even be fully happy about an entirely new everything. No, no. It was depressing. You gotta have hope right now. New regime, new possibilities. We don't know what they're doing with golf yet. Yes, there's a question mark there. But you gotta have a little bit of hope that things are going to be a little different around this time. Have a little hope. Have a little faith. It's not all that bad. We'll see in... Actually, I don't even know when the draft is this year because they moved it, didn't they? Is it not Is it not back to April? Just, I mean, do it, do it via I, I Zoom don't like last year? Or maybe they said they wouldn't move it. Maybe hmm. that's what it was. They were like, no. Uh, April 29th know, but... to May 1st. So, wow. I think... But Michigan State, Creighton is about to hit. Mm. Another fifty bucks in the pocket. I'm so jealous of all you guys. What What'd you bet? Like twenty dollars? When so I bet thirty and the payout's eighty, so you win fifty. It's not a very good payout for a parlay. Well, Creighton was kind of a big favorite. Yeah, I guess that's like fair. Like seven and a half points. And it was only two team. Yeah, it's three teams. So really it was just, like plus one. Uh, plus one seventy, basically. I think a two-team baseline is two and a half to one, but I could be wrong. Like if if odds are even, I know a three-team baseline if odds are even is like six to one. Oh yeah, these odds weren't uh, these odds weren't even. Yeah, they're both favored on the side that I was going for. Oh, MSU was but if favored I did too. play if I did play them even and bit Michigan State with the uh, spread, I would have lost. So you, you made a clutch move. Yeah, Creighton is and, uh, uh, definitely. And Georgetown definitely. like just beat Creighton, so I didn't want to. They were like seven and a half. I didn't want to do that. I thought they'd win. I didn't know if they'd cover though. No, you made the right move. I mean, any winning bet is the right move, right? I mean, let's be real. Money in your pocket, it's the right move. Don't let nobody tell you different. It is. It is very. I we do, I do feel bad for Matt. We've been, so we're obviously based in Michigan, and uh, Matt hasn't lived here in a hot minute, 
as he travels the country from place to place. Currently, I live in a place deep, where they ha- I can go gamble right down the street, go play freaking slot machines, but I can't bet deep on in the bayou, deep in the bayou, <laughs> and go down to a gas we, station and hit a slot machine, but I can't bet on sports. Legalized sports we can do it betting right from our phone too, Matt. It's fantastic. Well, sports betting's been legal in Michigan for a minute, but recently it finally went online, which is what really matters. So you don't have to drive down to the D and place a bet in person. And so we've been talking shot at the Motor City Casino. A lot the last month about our well, bets. If you, go, if you go to Greek Town, apparently you'll see uh, Dave Portnoy every day. Live <laughs> there now? Just now he there he filmed the... them all on one stop through, one run through. No, because he uh, on the Detroit Sports Better group, I uh, somebody posted a photo like yesterday, and they're like, "You met Dave Portnoy at Greek Town last night." Oh, really? Because that's where they have their bar. He just didn't book, leave. Yeah. He just yeah. didn't leave. He's... He says, "Catch me at Pegasus, getting that Saganaki." Oh, man, some saganaki, some lamb chops, and a village salad. Oh, oh, now I'm hungry. But. The downtown town is still good, but I tell you what, the service at the St. Clair Shores location has just gone to poo-poo. I mean, the food's still good. It's Pegasus. It's decent end Greek food, but, man, they need to get some new managers at their branch location. Greek town's always good, though. And it's not the only place to get a good chop in Greek town either. But no, I do. It is. It's like, it's so fun. Like all this gambling is going on. And then like in the back of my mind, it's always like Matt's, Matt's Squidward in the SpongeBob meme. Just watching you guys just make all this Ooh. money. And I'm just like, hmm. Well, so don't. So have fun. It's, it's not always going to be like that. I mean, I don't. No, no I don't. I don't I, yeah, I don't. I, I'm just care about the first like two weeks where like all this money was flowing. I was like, damn. And and that's the thing. Oh, all these all these free yeah. bets. It's all the free. There's so many <laughs> crazy promotions too. Like oh, they're, if they score they're, one point, you double your money. Like well, what the and fuck? they all have max bets that that's, are twenty five dollars uh, or fifty dollars, but still it's free that's, money. That's the Lakers Nuggets on Thursday. Max bet twenty five dollars over of like thirty points. Oh, I think it's down to like fourteen. What? Oh, or something. So they lowered the point spread by one point for every thousand people Jesus. who bet on it. And obviously, a lot of people bet on it because why wouldn't you? And so yeah, more like the, more free the money. Pistons, what two weeks ago were plus a hundred against the Lakers. It was it, it's hella cheating, but I mean you 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 seen the you seen the picture I posted earlier, Matt, and that's mostly off of free money. So it's been worth a hundred. It's for sure been worth. All right, we are officially off the rails. So Ryan, do the thing. Oh, gambling's never hey, off yo. the rails. That's right. And else is off the rails. The Pistons out here taking down. Winning games the, for no reason. Brooklyn Nets. What are you doing? Right. That's all right. Cade's, Cade's coming home. <laughs> uh, so Cade's coming home. We're bringing you guys home as well. Make sure that you guys follow us on all of our social media platforms, the Twitters, the Facebooks, the YouTubes. All of them all over the world. And then, of course, you can find our podcast on Podbean and iTunes where you must. They just passed a new executive order. If you find our podcast, you must subscribe and you must rate it. <laughs> and it doesn't matter what it is. You just have to rate it. But if you listen this long, I'm sure you're going to give it five stars. So thank you. Game right. All right. For Ryan Griffin, Paul Roshan, the MIA, AJ Riley, and Dylan Bear, I'm Matt Bass, and we are Sports Carnage. Thank you for spending a couple hours with us this week. We'll be back with you all next week.